Welcome to another episode of Life in Commune. I'm Patrick. I'm Carling. And of course, this episode is brought to you by this month's focus on the online studio, which of course, the online studio is the sponsor of the podcast. Um, so put up a drum roll, please. Growth. Growth is the focus of this month on Commune Online, which of course you can become a member. CommuneYogaStudio.com. First week is free. So come First join week. the vibe. And since this podcast is being released on May 3rd, there's actually two classes in there already for the month of May, for the month of growth. Um, so let's kick this off. Carling, growth, what, what do you think about it? What were some of your ideas, thoughts, concepts when it comes to growth in terms of yoga practice? Well, I think when we were working through the plan for each of these month themes, after last month's intense focus on spring cleaning and just this kind of like experience of working through and like working out some shit, like not a workout, but working it out of you, you know, same way you might clean your house, that growth is really like the natural repercussion of that. That once you clear out the space, okay, then what moves into that space? And maybe hopefully, hopefully it's not more junk. It's not more stuff you don't need that you're going to have to again Re cycle through. cycle through again. Hopefully we use that to then assess, okay, what are these new areas that we can grow into, that we want to grow into, that we're excited about. So that's really the impetus for this theme is, okay, the natural consequence of clearing out that space is what else is going to fit in there? Now you have rooms for so much more. So this month for growth, I think that there's a lot of different ways you can think about growth. Like growth and expansion could mean so many different things, whether we're talking just literally what does it mean, or in the translation of putting it into a yoga or a movement class. So as we start about, or as we, let's focus in first. Sure. Yoga class, movement class, mm -hmm. however you want to phrase it. What, what would you see growth to be in those kinds of spaces? Like what would be some targeted growth that people could look for? Well, this month we focused a lot on, you know, utilizing the concept of growth, but also in relation to specific class styles. Yep. So because growth could mean long-term trajectory, right? Like growth literally over a lifetime, a lifetime of practice, or growth might mean the difference from the moment you step on your mat to the moment you roll out of Shavasana. So a lot of the classes this month, the hope is that you're gonna see growth within the container of the practice. Cause I know that's important and it feels tangible and it's like I came for this thing. You wanna have a journey of sorts. So you're gonna see classes that are ladder flow style, like literal growth from one posture to the next to the next. Things expand throughout the sequence. You're gonna see growth throughout a curation of classes that go through the entire month. So like with me, we're kind of working through the same vein of a peak pose sequence, but just in many different formats throughout the month. That's cool. So the first class that came out from me that released yesterday on the second of the month is sort of just kind of like a general vinyasa where you're going to dip a toe into many of the things and the parts of the body and the concepts that will show up later. Next week, we do some breath work that's going to be really necessary. The third week is the full peak pose class. The fourth week is a mellow version of peak pose. So if you did the peak pose vinyasa and thought, oh, Carling, that was a lot. I'm not sure I've grown into that quite yet. Then we have a secondary approach to it that might say, yeah, you can still do this work. You can still expand into the space, but let's come at it from a different angle. And then the last week of this month is recovery and kind of riding the ship and balancing out from all that growth so that we have this return to center to end the month. 
And ironically, the first class of this is called Chart the Course, and Carling literally, in the last minute and a half, just charted the course of your Tuesday for the rest of the now month. Now you know what you're doing on Tuesdays Enjoy. for the entire month of May. It's going to be great. <laughs> Can't wait to see you there. Respect. Um, one of the things that I think is so interesting about growth, and a few, a few concepts I always try to consider um, when moving into these spaces, is for one, you always want to see your bigger picture and know that you can step away from this being a part of your bigger picture at any moment. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, hey, always be thinking long term, but have the push forward and the immersion into the process like you're going to really follow the spark and the inspiration for as long as it takes you. Because if you practice yoga for 10 years, awesome. If you practice for 20 years, awesome. 30 years, awesome. 40 years, awesome. 50 years, awesome. Like whatever it is, however long you go for like if you really commit to it and you're really involved in that process for a long period of time, just because you, you stop at like year 17, that's not like a failure in any capacity, right? And so you always want to like, oh, like, wow, I really was immersed in that and I remember parts of it. Because if you do something for that long, you'll always bring part of that with you. Mm -hmm. and, and it may be a few poses that you come back to over and over again, right? Or it may be a mindset or a breathing technique or the ability to stay calm or really any of these um, other you know, attributes that we find over time. Uh, the other thing that I love about growth over the period of time is that our minds move very quick, right? Snappy. Snappy. Doesn't matter who you are. Flighty. Mind, However mind. you like to think. Yeah. <laughs> your mind is snappy. Visualize a place you want to go on vacation right now, you're there, mm -hmm. right? But our bodies, they move very slow, right? A body takes time, you know, and it needs to adjust. And there's the muscular side of it. And there's the nervous side of nervous system side of it. And of course, there's, you know, your skeletal system, how understanding how your pieces work together. There's coordination, there's balance, there's all these different elements that go into creating change and shift in your body. And that's just not in terms of physique. That's just literally in terms of like anything, right? Like if you're learning a skill, um, you know, learning a skill has nothing to do with your physique necessarily, but it can take quite a long time to learn a skill. So, um, you know, building into that over the period of time and not feeling as though um, what the poses that Carling is teaching this peak pose practice that you need to have nailed by the end of the month or else like you failed on Tuesdays, right? Like it's more along the lines of, hey, I picked up some pieces. Now I'm aware of these things. Okay, now in my future practices, I can dive into some of that stuff more if, it's, if it speaks to me and I can come back to that class and, you know, and measure up, right? And and you're measuring always just against yourself, not against Carling, not against, you know, the person next to you in practice. You're always constantly with your own measure because that's that's like your own barometer, if you will. That's that's your own starting point. And you know, we can only put our focus in so many places. And so when you start to expand or you find something new to focus on, that may take away from a previous focus. I mean it kind of has to though, right? Exactly. Like you can't infinitely grow. Mm -hmm. I think like from an energetic perspective, sure. You can I, I be you, you, you can be expanding, but I think of the whole world as like a constant cycle of expansion and contraction, right? Yeah. It's almost I think that to assume that we would infinitely grow in all directions would be to kind of get too far outside yourself well, think almost. about this. What what makes a wave? Well, the, the recoil. Not not only that, but just just think less thing. How can you even see a wave? Well, only in relation to the 
to the space Steadiness. between waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Only right? in so, relation to the negative space. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So like you could be looking at the biggest wave in the world, but if, if it never has a break, if it never yeah. has a peak or a valley, that's just a lot of water. True, the whole tide just <laughs> yeah. rose. That's just, that's just a rising tide, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can notice a wave by the space in between a wave, right? Uh, what makes a gust of wind? Well, when the wind stops, mm -hmm. you know, and then it may come again, but like you, exactly what you're saying. If you're expanding in one area, you're placing focus there, you're placing energy there, right? And so your focus can't go out in all directions all at one time, mm -hmm. but you know, similar to what we were talking about a little bit last week, like growth comes from limitation to a degree. And so as you find the elements of growth that are speaking to you this month, like begin to lean into what that may be because it may be a posture and that's yeah. perfect. And right? that's a really and tangible it, thing, I think, within this practice sequence, that can sometimes feel digestible, right? Mm -hmm. When the idea of growth or everything else in your life can feel so big, or that idea of a wave and a crest and this like infinite expansion, it can feel overwhelming to the point where sometimes we're like, you know what? I'm good where I'm at, right? Because yeah. it's too much. So I think the nice thing about the yoga and a movement practice is it can be very empowering to have these tangible, bite-sized sort of initiations and pit stops, like milestones, to remind yourself where you want to go. Do I like this direction? Am I interested in this? How did this go? And oftentimes how you interact with those smaller initiations, those smaller milestones is usually indicative of how you might interact with the larger ones. But sometimes we need to see it in ourselves first in the smaller digestible places before we can trust ourselves in those bigger like life scope growth moments. Yeah. Finding success is creating an awareness to what you perceive to be accomplishing the task. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like success is defined by what we determine the result to be. Sure. So like a pattern of success is like achieving a specific result over and over and over and over again. And what we've determined is the result, the desired we're, we're, result. What we've determined is a desired result, right? So like, for example, if your, if your definition of success is to, is to like go out and have fun playing tennis, it does not matter if you win your match, right? But if you can go out there and whack at the ball, maybe you don't even hit it, right? But but you're having fun swinging at the ball. You don't even have to keep score, but like, hey, you're out there, you're having fun. You generally understand the rules enough to play. Like, hey, that's mm -hmm. that's a win, right? It's it's kind of like, um, you know, with uh, with Harvey, we've been playing this new game called Funny Bunny, which is a um, a game similar to Candyland in some regards, except that there's a carrot that you twist up top, and sometimes the bunnies fall off the the mountain that they're climbing up, right? And uh, when we're playing this game, the there's the rules of the game that we're trying to learn how to play by rules. And then there's the Harvey rules to the game. Is she cheating in games with you too? Oh yeah, Because we cheat in every so, game. <laughs> every game that we play, she'll be like, it'll be her turn. And then I'll start to go and she's like, oh, she just, it's her turn again. Yeah. She, so, she's going to rig every game in her favor, but she has so much fun. She has, but, she has, but she has fun in the process. But, but you know, so sometimes we actually play by the rules. Mm -hmm. And then, and so we have, when we play Funny Bunny, we do play by the rules up to the, whenever the first bunny gets to the carrot, mm -hmm. which is technically the game, right? Uh -huh. But then after that, it's a free for all, okay. right? Of like, who knows what? Mm -hmm. um, because honestly, it's not even that she cheats all the time. Because sometimes she wants to move my pieces instead of hers, like forward. 
It's not you, that she's trying to cheat. She just wants to be doing the things yeah. that feel exciting, whether it's your pieces or my pieces, yeah. cheating or not. She wants the game to be moving in this exciting, fun exactly. direction. So that's her goal is yeah. to be getting to the fun spots. She doesn't really care how we get there. Exactly. Um, but like I've, uh, when we play by the rules, I've yet to win Funny Bunny. So I'm like, I think I'm over for whatever. Let's call it over eight, right? So she's winning, right? The game. But but what what's it to me? To win, like as long as we're having fun, mm -hmm. that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So, like understanding your growth trajectory is understanding how you're defining success, mm -hmm. you know, because um, success for you in the practice could be like stopping when you need to, you know. Um, like for example, somebody commented on your your class at release today, and I'm sorry I don't remember your day, but the comment I do fully remember. It made me giggle. Yeah, lo love this practice. Um, uh, I got through 45 minutes of it, but then I had to take a nap. <laughs> I hope I come back to it later. Yeah, we'll come back to it later. Uh, it's a, you know, that's to me, that's a success because mm -hmm. you're 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 immersed in the moment. You're finding focus in the practice, and then you're finding presence in your being, saying, "Hey, what I actually need right now, like my body feels really good, rest." Mm -hmm. When you have a perfect like. Shavasana and yoga is just a phenomenal, phenomenal mm -hmm. um, experience, especially in a home practice because, you know, the time is yours. It's not uh, cut short by somebody else moving or snoring or, you know, the atmosphere of class or the teacher didn't budget enough time at the end, right? Like it's truly, it could be three minutes or 30 minutes, you know, and and I think that's such a such a blessing. So finding you know, your own definition of what, what growth you're looking for this month is a wonderful starting point. I also think, you know, just that idea of success and like, what are the measures for you? We all have different things, but even what you just said about someone snoring in Shavasana, I often as a teacher take that as a measure of a successful class I've taught. Okay. Look, someone felt so comfortable, so safe mm -hmm. that they could literally fall asleep laying flat on their back in a room full of strangers. Yeah. That's a wild, vulnerable place to be. Totally. And someone felt so safe and comfortable that they fell asleep deep enough to snore. Yeah. Like to me, that shows that we've that I've done my job in terms of like creating a, a container for practice, providing a balanced nervous system response, and that they've dropped into that. Like, I think that's such a privilege as a teacher to get to witness, but also that's a measure of success for me. It's not like, did everyone get the peak pose? Did everyone do the thing? It's actually that moment that for me often feels like success that makes me smile as a teacher. That's like, oh, okay. Like this matters that I taught this class. Yeah. So, you know, the measure of success, it can be so many different things, especially during se different seasons of your life or in different instances. But sometimes it can be as small as that, that like little out of body moment where you're like, oh, Okay, that person trusted me. They they showed up to this class and they took what they needed. They needed a nap. Great. Like that's kind of the thing that I think we often think it has to be bigger than that to count as growth and success. Yeah, it's all about the feeling, mm -hmm. and and that feeling is defined by you. you yeah. Know? And so I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, funny story about Shavasana is when um, we first moved back to Seattle from LA, I was teaching some corporate stuff for, I think Lyft. Yeah, Lyft. That I sounds think it, I think it was Lyft. Mm -hmm. It was one of the ride shares. Mm -hmm. um, but I just don't use ride share anymore, so I don't really. You like, don't use ride share anymore. So so rarely, like I so rarely Uber or anything really? like that. Yeah. Oh, I guess I've never used Lyft to be honest. I've yeah. always used Uber. So, I don't so, have so an I'm allegiance. I just am sure. too lazy to download my, a second my, app. Yeah. Um, 
And I had a family member worked for one of those companies too, yeah. so I think maybe I'm pretty sure it was Lyft. But either way, when you, when you teach corporately, because it's very funny because you're getting so many people with different yoga experiences yeah. and experiences in terms of like how and where they've practiced. So uh, when you start studying yoga, just going to general public class, Every, mo majority of the people in there are just so in tune with like the process of a class and the experience, and the experience of yoga of, of kind of what's expected with, yeah. that uh, I never second guessed Shavasana which is such a funny thing to mm -hmm. to think about right like did you ever second guess it me yeah yeah you did yeah but I think that I it's not here but I'm a person who sometimes has some trouble with anxiety yeah, right in that way yeah, sure. and so there were Obviously. times when it was like hard for me to lay on the ground in a room full of people yeah. and relax and trust that situation I used to have a student at Commune LA who always came to my classes and she only practiced by the door so our, at our studio in LA it was a small little spot in Highland Park but the front door went right into the studio there was yeah. no lobby no separation and she only practiced by the door because she had such bad anxiety that during Shavasana she couldn't relax and she needed the option. She didn't always get up and leave the room, but yeah. she needed the option to, to get up and walk out of the room. And between my experiences, like when we would teach workshops and things where I would have to kind of be half in, half out, and that Shavasana part used to give me a lot of anxiety. And then watching her figure out what are my tools to mm -hmm. be okay with Shavasana. Yeah. What are my tools? I can do it if I'm by the door. But if someone took that spot, she literally was like, I'm so sorry, Carling, it's not you, but I, I can't practice today. Yeah. Like, it's not possible that I realized like, oh, that's for a million reasons that are none of my business, not going to work for you. Yeah. And so I think that it's easy to forget in yoga where we're so often, we're quickly like, yeah, take off your shoes, do happy baby on your back. Yeah. Like, and like, those are wild things that we expect of general population, totally. especially in a corporate setting where they just came from their desk, they're with their coworkers, yeah. like. Is that the experience that you had? Oh, well, it's just funny because like I didn't, I had a hard time doing Shavasana mm -hmm. in the beginning of class. Like I was just like, they're like eyes open, but I didn't ever question the act of it. Uh, you know what I mean? I did. I was like, yeah, are we yeah, taking yeah. a nap? I used to do Ujjayi through all of Shavasana yeah. and I was like, wow, my breath work is really on point right now. I was like, yo, you don't have to do that right now. Yeah. We're not doing that. Probably, everyone next yeah. to me probably hated me because I was probably breathing very loudly because I didn't understand yeah. quite what we were doing for a long time and it just I was like I need something to do while I'm here how can I what should I be doing yeah so it's, it's funny so in a corporate environment or in, in that in those classes that I taught I think I only taught there like a couple maybe five times or so mm -hmm. right um it's a bunch of people laying on the floor with their co-workers mm -hmm. you know in their break room in, in the in the break room with like other people getting or eating lunch around yeah. or you. in the same meeting room that they're going to have a meeting in in yeah. two hours yeah. and have and, to like be in a so very you, different headspace exactly so you just see the head swivels like all the time that like, people are, like very kind of weirded out by it. and so the first couple of times I did Shavasana just as is, and then I just stopped doing that and just started doing seated meditation mm. and close practice and that ended up like being a you know, a, a growth in terms of understanding that space and, mm -hmm. and that experience. Um, but it's just kind of funny because, again, would that group of people, if they didn't know each other in a work setting, probably be more comfortable to, um, to like, move in towards a Shavasana? Yeah, probably. But, again, these are people you work with, so you have to be – they were a bit more familiar with them but also a bit more guarded. In and some probably ways. can't quite let go in the same exactly. way. There's something about a yoga practice. In studio, yes, because you can literally close the door behind you, and it quite literally is a container. But online as well, like, 
if you're a person who has, like we often recommend when you're starting a home practice or if it's something that you're serious about having as a ritual in your life, is having a somewhat dedicated home practice space. Exactly. You know, space permitting, depending on where you live. Maybe it's just you always know you move this one chair and that's where your mat goes. But some sort of container that gives you that sense of separation from like the other parts of your life or whatever it is. And in a situation like that, it's like your brain and body is trying to multitask these different associations you have with work, with this meeting room, with a practice. And it, I feel like it's almost, it's a very tough ask to get people to drop those other associations in favor of say a yoga shavasana when they're still kind of like looking around, they're like, well, okay, but I need to put a presentation up there in an hour. Right. Yeah. How do you get them to, to really switch environments? I think that's the hard part when you're thinking about how do I, you know, make a practice like this really part of who I am. You do have to figure out what those things are that help you truly shift gears. And like, that may be kind of in this world of initiations, milestones, growth, something that's really important to you. Like if you're a home practitioner who either listens to this podcast and hasn't joined commune yet or does, but has a hard time finishing classes or sticking with it. Cause we know it's tough to be yeah. at home. There's a lot going on, but maybe that's your growth this month mm -hmm. is like, how do I create the container for my practice? So whatever I do, whether it's you're doing these peak pose, like this journey kind of like up the mountain and then back down with me or you're cherry picking classes, following the schedule, maybe your real growth this month has nothing to do with literal poses. And maybe it's very much, how do you exist and show up in your practice for an entire month? How do you come to your mat and commit to the container of it and make that the purposeful growth over the month and let it have nothing to do with what you do on the mat, just simply the fact that you show up, you commit and you do your practice. Like that's a huge piece of growth. And then everything else you can revisit a million times. You can come back and do the peak pose class, the mellow flow, whatever you want forever and ever and ever. But the real growth is that you're figuring out how to show up and kind of surrender to the act of practicing. Not only that, but the act of identification, I think adding on to what you're saying, right? So like if you're committing to a practice and you're saying, hey, how am I going to commit to getting to the finish line? Well, what practices get you there, you know? And, and trying to identify those because that's such a growth, right? Like maybe it's a time frame. Maybe it's a type of class. Maybe it's a specific time that you practice. Maybe it's a style of class. You know, like, for example, the first class that I released this month is a very go, 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 go. I mean, this is like uh, very much a follow style, like ladder flow, lots of flowing, lots of moving, just lots of like developing and evolving. Someone through. commented that they thought it was one of the hardest classes they'd ever taken from you, but also one of the most enjoyable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That it was like, this was hard and it was a challenge, yeah. but I never quit kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like that for what, for yeah. some reason, that type of practice got them through, which exactly. is such a moment to realize, oh, that kind of class does get me that, there. That gets me, that mm -hmm. gets me to the finish line. And so, because that's how you build, you know? You got to build with your with finding your own success patterns, as we we're talking about in the beginning. And so, like, you're you're in these spaces where it's like, okay, like this is a type of class I know for a fact that I'm going to get through. Like, I remember when we first started doing home practice videos; uh, they were all recorded from live in studio classes. Yeah, like a bird's eye view. A bird's in the back eye of the view class. of the from. I don't even know where the camera was. Like, like I know where it was. I can still visualize the setup in yes. my mind, but I don't know how it was recording anything. Nope. Like, 
at all or how they like didn't have heat problems like when we try to do that at commune the camera overheats over every, every time every time and you just hear it turn off and you'd be like 45 minutes into like a really good class and you'd be like oh mm. this is a stinger. <laughs> uh, but either way they got it to work respect to them but in-person classes are much slower than online classes because when you're in person there's a container yeah, the container is set for you. You don't even have to you. mentally do it as a teacher yeah. or a student. It's like, look, the door's closed and you paid. Yeah. We yeah. doing the thing no matter how yeah. slow I go. And the environment is there. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're kind of, you know, three boxes checked in that space. But, but for people practicing that online, those classes, I think that's how we learned how to be so dedicated because those classes were like so slow. Like we would be holding like boat poses with blocks over our head for ever the warrior three lengths in yeah. those days for ever yes. forever yes. For, for always like like i feel like i would look at the clock sometimes and then i would still be in the in the warrior three and they would still be talking i look at it five minutes later we'd still be there but you know what what got us through those long classes that were not designed for online like this was yeah, they, they pre things necessarily besides youtube being designed to be online specifically yeah. and i think we had to figure out in that era how we did that class exactly. and so for us in that time we used to go run hill sprints yep. and then come back and do that full class mm -hmm. but i think knowing myself had i just been so starting hard. from scratch like just come home from work put on that 75 minute class and tried to get through even just the first some of them were 90s yeah oh yeah most of them were 90s, 90s. that's the day yeah. of 90 minutes being the norm yeah but had i just come home from work and said okay let's do it those first 20 minutes of slow start of like you know, not slow in a bad way, but like the mindful opening of a 90 yeah. minute class would have been much harder to stick with, I think, mm -hmm. than if I hadn't had a routine of doing something else active first to kind of get that impulse to need Especially to do more. Age. Yes, out of us and then say, okay, now it's practice time, I'm in this. Mm -hmm. So that system, that container created uh, a habit and a reinforcement of success, of commitment to home practice from a really I was going to say young age, but I guess early time in my like yoga career. Early time in your yoga career. No, it's still a young age. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, young age to me in my brain, I'm like, you can be that now. feels like a 10 year old and I was not a 10 year old, but like from an early, from the early twenties, home practice has never been too much of a barrier for you and I, I nope. think because of some of those times mm -hmm. where we learned how to set up the situation that allowed for a successful practice yep. a practice that felt like the the full meal deal you know without succumbing to all the temptations to opt out because it's really hard in the whole yeah. practice no it's it's really challenging and the other thing too is like there was enough in, as we're talking about growth like not only we're we growing in terms of like being able to make it through the sessions and and be like mindful and aware and like focused in them. But also there was enough of a growth in terms of the asana side of the practice to help keep the motivation there for that. Mm -hmm. So if you have those motivations and you're fine, like ride that wave because that's also going to help you build in the structure. And then you, you know, begin to find all these different ways to regulate yourself and, and find your own being. You know, another fun class that's going to be a great growth one this month is Shelby has a functional freedom class coming out and she hasn't had a new functional freedom in a while. Yeah. I don't think maybe a few months, which really in this one, um, when I was there with her, while she was recording this class, this conversation came up of like, okay, I haven't taught one of these in a while. I haven't put a new one out in a while. Yeah. Do I need to reteach the baseline concept? 
concepts, or can I just tell people, hey, welcome to this class, if you need a re-familiarization, familiarization? If you need to get familiar. If you need to get familiar with the tenants. What DJ's line was that? Get familiar? You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. In one second. I can hear it. I don't want to try to mimic it. I was going to try to, but then I remember I have a mic and it's going to be loud if I try to do it. It was like, get familiar. Who was I want to say it was like, this is so wrong. I thought it was like DJ Envy, but it's not that. It's not. Maybe we can put an, an overlay on this podcast. We can get a little clip of that without getting sued. It's under a few seconds. God, what is it? Okay. We're not, they'll take too long. Take too long. Um, yes. The question that her, the conversation oh, her and I had was, do I need to spend, make this class 20 minutes longer reteaching these concepts? Or can I feel okay to say, hey, many of you who are choosing this class have already done these things with me. Like, we're going to reference those and build upon them in this moment of growth and to feel confident as a teacher and a practitioner that even if you haven't done something in a while, you're like, you know what? There's something in there I remember. And if there's not, feeling empowered to say, great, I'm going to go back to those classes, get familiar, yeah. and then come back here. Because we often have this impulse that like you've jumped to another level. Say you're like, yeah, I did functional freedom classes for a year straight. You know, but it was six months ago and you start this new one. And sometimes we resist the need to refresh ourselves. We're like, no, I should know this. We get mad at ourselves. We're like, why can't I do this? I should know this. I should know this. But realistically, we all need to revisit all those pit stops before to continue to like move towards that growth trajectory, right? So even acknowledging that in some of the classes this month, you get to it and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm quite here yet that part of that process and honestly part of some of our mindsets in those more challenging classes is to push you to acknowledge to yourself, hey, what do I need to get here then? Like to go through the practice, feel your feels about it because remembering that this practice is not always like meant to be successful in every moment, that that information is just as valid and just as important to say, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to refresh. I'm going to go back and take these other functional freedoms or I'm going to go through Shelby's functional freedom tutorials so then I can try this class again in a week and now I'm going to feel the growth from that, okay? But the expectation that just because you do something that, like, growth is just going to spontaneously arise, I think is something we have to grapple with as practitioners and probably as, like, people and humans, that sometimes growth is a little bit of a backwards walk, a backwards trajectory to then, again, like, two steps backward. Wait, two steps backward, one step forward? Two steps forward, one step backward. That's the one. That's the one. Or else you'd be walking backwards, kid. Yes, but that's the one. So that would be regress. Yes. Um, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? That yeah. Thinking we're always marching forward is the same conversation as thinking we're always expanding in every direction. Yep. That we need that sense of like, oh, what am I missing here? Right? If I can't acknowledge that I'm missing this piece and then take the steps to go back and potentially rectify or work towards it, that's the actual growth rather than stepping in and like expecting it to all just, you know, always work. Yeah. Always be more, more, more. So a study build, a study build, a simple way to start to define and even redefine um, your practice, right? And all these months, they have a different focus, so it gives you a different opportunity to check in, mm -hmm. right? Um, another thing that is going to be happening this month on the podcast, just wanted to let you all know, you can give this a try. We're going to be releasing some classes as an audio-only format, right? Mm -hmm. So again, these are classes that are in Kami Online, mm -hmm. but you can, you'll be able to listen to them and practice them through anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, all that jazz. So you'll have the opportunity to take a class, you know, just, just using the ears yeah. and 
seeing how that lands. Because again, different sense of learning, different way to tune in, different way to focus. And if you do that, let us know how it goes. Because again, we're, we're excited about starting to release some of this content um, in the audio only format, just as a, as a trial and as, as a, um, a different way for all of you to experience the practice. Well, if I you was going to say interact yeah, with the like practice. I remember the reason, the reason I say this, and I don't mean to cut you off, oh, um, but uh, I, do you remember when we were in LA and we used to practice at Moto? And one of yes. the reasons that we liked practicing there mm -hmm. was because, like, I was never sure if there was a teacher in the room. And like, that is not even shade and, towards and, and anyone that, that teaches not at Moto. Shade at all. It was just like, it was a big room. There's a lot of people in mm -hmm. the room. And it was hot. And like, we both like to practice hot yoga. Yeah. Um, and so we would go sometimes. And, you know, I mean, Carly always follows the rules like to a T. And then there's me doing the me Very thing. Very good at following directions. And, and, um, but I don't ever remember like seeing the teacher or, uh, or, and so it was very the audio. teaching the, the class didn't require any demoing any you, need for there to be like a focal point of the teacher exactly. because thing not always but there often is such a specific um cadence to the class or sequence yep. that it felt like yeah i don't need to see you to follow along and be a part of this and the room's big enough that you can't see him wandering anyways exactly. but it really was like the definition of kind of eyes on your own mat that mm -hmm. like old you know, yoga adage that keep your eyes on your own mat because you almost didn't need them to be anywhere else. Yep. And sometimes I think even with a home practice, it's funny because we obviously spend a lot of time and like resource trying to make the practice beautiful for you in mm -hmm. our online classes and have really high production value, make sure you get two cams and all these things. But at the end of the day, we know and have seen since day one of doing online classes, anything, that the number one priority is audio, mm -hmm. right? For you be, to be able to hear the class, hear the cueing, the specifics, because I actually, as lovely as the classes are and they look, I don't want you looking at the screen the whole time, yeah. right? I'd like you to be in your moment and you can look up when you need to or when a teacher says, hey, look at me, I'm going to show you something, I'm going to demo this, I'm going to yeah. reference it. So in this audio-only format... I think it also just is a unique way to maybe challenge yourself to say, how tuned in are you to the practice, right? How tuned are in are you that you can actually, from just listening, like using that quality, can you move through the practice and just how does it change your experience? Yeah. And maybe it changes it in a way that you're like, that's not for me. Or maybe it changes in a way that you're like, wow, I was really like dialed in on my mat and not distracted because there was nothing else to look at, another, no other stimulation. So honestly, I think it just is sort of a fun, different way to experience the practice. And so that's kind of in this month, we want to offer you some other, you know, avenues to grow into and see how it shows up for you. Yeah. So that being said, y'all, look forward to practicing with you soon. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Peace.